You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. Hi there, friends. Thank you so much for joining me at Spoken Bride, a podcast inviting Catholic brides and newlyweds into what is sacred and what is real. This is Stephanie Callis, Spoken Bride's co-founder and your guest host today. Joining me for our annual Vendor Week is Mary-Kate Anthony of I'm Mary Catherine Photography. Mary-Kate is a Catholic wedding photographer chasing all things good, true, and beautiful. And she also is the founder and co-director of Arise Beloved, a ministry which seeks to speak truth into lies and shine light into darkness so that all women can know they are seen, known, and loved. And through her ministry, she also hosts the Arise Beloved podcast. Mary-Kate is based in Steubenville, Ohio, serving the East Coast and Midwest regions of the U.S., and you can find her featured on the Spoken Bride Vendor Guide, as well as I'mMaryCatherine.com. And um, thank you for being with us today, Mary-Kate. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I'm excited to be here and honored to be here. Awesome. Yeah, it's mutual completely. I know that um, you were one of like um, the first vendors to join us back in like the early days. I was, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Back in uh, back in 2016, it was, and um, I know that it's been really awesome just seeing like your business grow as you have graduated college and like um, expanded your services, created this amazing women's ministry in the years since. And so um, it's awesome to have you today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone who's not familiar, do you want to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your journey to um, where you are now in the wedding industry, just what started all of that? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. So uh, like you said, my name is Mary-Kate, and I am the oldest of eight kids and have been born and raised cradle Catholic. Um, and I have always loved art and photography and color and just drama, all of all of that whole entire creative world. Um, and I'll give you the short background. I was given my first camera. It was a bright pink Barbie camera when I was, I think, six. And then <laughs> I would steal my mom's camera all the time as a kid. And then I finally saved up my own money to buy my first digital camera at 11. And at the time, I was like, yeah, this is a normal thing an 11, 11-year-old buys. <laughs> now I'm like, probably not. <laughs> but um, I did that. And then I finally bought my first like professional DSLR camera in high school. And all along, it was just something I loved to do for fun. But then in high school is when like families that I babysat for or friends would offer to pay me to take their pictures. That was the first time I really realized that, oh, maybe I can take what I love and turn it into a job. Um, And with that too is that – and this kind of goes into our main topic for today. But I never really thought about a career that I wanted because all I ever wanted to do was get married and be a mom. So I was like, oh, I'll go to college, meet my husband, and get married. Like, I don't really need a career. (laughs) So um, that wasn't even, like, on my radar, to be honest. Um, And the photography kind of just fell into my lap. Like, it was something I loved, and people just started to notice that and started to ask me what I charged. And I was like, oh, shoot, what do I charge? Like, how how do I do this? (laughs) Um, And I started following a lot of other photographers online and getting involved in like a Christian online photography world in high school and realized that like I really wanted to do weddings. I've always loved weddings. Like that would be amazing. Um, And it it just fell into my lap. God um, directed a couple to me and 
they needed a photographer and they were three weeks from their wedding and they didn't care that I had zero like wedding photography experience. They just hired me and it was two weeks after my high school graduation. Um, so this summer will be uh, eight years since that first wedding, which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's been a long time and I've just grown a lot. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So it's been amazing to see God has provided every step of the way. And I decided to still go to college. So I went to Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, um, where I now live again. And I studied theology. Um, and it was just a blessing because my business ended up paying for my school. Um, and I made sacrifices on, on like re- starting my business and really growing it to go to school. But I know that's exactly what God wanted me to do. And he has shown like the fruit of that has just been this like amazing abundance in the growth of my business in the last few years since I graduated. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that short, <laughs> short story of how I got to where I am now. Yeah. What a, what a journey. Um, so it sounds like you were working full-time shooting weddings while you were also a full-time college student. Yes. It was mostly, it was the only job I did, but it wasn't really full-time yet. I, I really only did like five weddings each year when I was still in college. Um, and I didn't know really much at all about running a business. Um, so I was mostly a full-time student, but those five weddings a year are what paid most of my college bills. So that was amazing. And like God just providing. Yeah. Yeah. So you shared that you um, have always been drawn to weddings mm-hmm. and you also very openly and, um, and honestly shared with us that uh, you are in a season of singleness in your life right now. Um, what is that like um, being a wedding professional? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's such a loaded question. And I've thought a lot about this because I feel like I've gone through yeah. stages. As I mentioned, I've always wanted to get married and always and have a family. Um, and I've gone through a lot of discernment and just feel drawn to that vocation. Um, and I feel like for a while, I thought that to be content in singleness, I had to not desire marriage. Um, like I, the desire, the ache, the longing somehow meant I wasn't content with where God had me. So I think for a while, I just tried to numb it. Um, And it's interesting being in the wedding industry and having been in it for so long now that so much of my entire life is all about weddings and engagement and couples in love. And every wedding you go to, there's usually tons and tons of couples there. Um, And a lot of times if it's if it's weddings that are around my age group, like it's a lot of young couples there and I'm taking pictures of something I've never experienced, which is just like an interesting place to be in and has given me a lot of room for thought. Um, and there's definitely been times and seasons where it was really hard to go to wedding after wedding and leave alone every time (laughs) and to like, just feel so empty afterwards and and just kind of see all of that and desire it, but it feels so out of reach. Um, and it was really on, I walked the Camino de Santiago, uh, the full 500 miles in 2018, right (laughs) after college graduation. And it was on there that God revealed to me, like, not only how good and holy marriage is, which is something I knew, but he just, like, revealed it to me in a deeper way. But he also revealed to me how good and holy my desire for marriage is um, and that he didn't want me to numb that desire and that um, instead, like, to be content with where he has me, 
I am also supposed to at the same time nurture this desire and protect and cherish and honor it. Um, and that somehow I need to learn like to hold the two in tandem, to hold both the joy and the ache. And so I can have at the same time like an eager anticipation for what he's going to bring to me in my life someday while also like the nat- the natural sadness that the emptiness that currently have can sometimes bring. Um, and I feel like so much of the time we feel like it has to be one or the other, you know, like I'm either completely happy and joyful and content with where I am or I'm sad and depressed and like <laughs> just want to get married today, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's like, no, you can actually have both. <laughs> you can experience both. Um, and so I feel like where I am now and where I've been in the last few years and growing into is that I just feel like I just leave some, my wedding so hopeful and joyful. And it's been such a blessing to work specifically in the Catholic wedding industry because I ask my couples, like when they first inquire, how did you meet? How did you guys start dating? And, and then when I'm you know, meeting them and getting to know them throughout the process, I learn their stories. And it's just crazy how God brings two people together and every story is so different and so unique and there's no way it was written by, you know, humanity. It was only written by God. Um, and I can tell that he intricately, intricately writ, wrote each of those stories. And I know that, you know, he does that for all of us. And I know that I'm going to have that written into my story too someday. Um, and I just know like, you know, he's a good God and he, is true to his promises. And I truly believe this is something that he has for me someday. So I can just have a hopeful joy knowing that this is just a season of season of preparation for it. Um, and it's been the working in the wedding industry that has given me that like sure foundation of trust, even though at the same time, it can be something that can trigger and like point out like, that's not what you have, you know? So somehow just learning to hold them both together, I think is the key. (laughs) I feel like, you are speaking the truth of like the whole Christian life, you know, so much of life is just like holding everything in tension, you know, like we know that our hearts are restless, not just because St. Augustine told us, but because like (laughs) we feel it. But um, yeah, like I can, I can think of times in my life too, where like acknowledging that I have restlessness or acknowledging that I have, you know, a desire for something is not necessarily a lack of contentment as much as God kind of showing like what the like deepest longings of my heart might be, you know, like you said, and if he is truly keeping his hand on, you know, writing this path and this story for, for each of us, then of course it's not there for no reason, but Yeah, there are times where I feel that too. And I feel like God must just think of me as like the bratty daughter who's like wanting stuff again. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing. Um, But I really, I really admire the peace that um, you seem to be, um, to have kind of like journeyed deeper into to just like feel the pain and to hold that intention with the joy because I know that's no easy feat and that, that, absolutely is like the Christian life in so many ways. Um, It seems like such a a fruit of this is that you have gained a lot of insight into holy marriages from your own experience. Do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I think first and foremost, the biggest thing that working with Catholic weddings has taught me is that holy marriages do exist. And I was really blessed 
uh, still am blessed to have incredible parents who have a really holy, beautiful marriage. Um, but when you are experiencing singleness for a long time, I think it's really common to just start to doubt that maybe they just don't exist. The kind of, you know, men or women uh, that you're ser- searching for and seeking for don't exist. Um, and that maybe our standards too high or being too picky. And it's just been so good because I know definitely like, no, they do exist. They really are amazing, holy men and women that are seeking Christ first and foremost, and that they truly desire to get one another to heaven um, and have holy marriages. Um, and that, you know, they're out there. And if I can see that, that they're out there for my couples, I know that that means that there's someone out there for me or for my friends. Um, and it's just, been such a blessing i feel like i might be repeating myself but just gonna say it again to see and to meet these couples and know you know wow there are men that are living chaste virtuous lives and who embody true masculinity um and who have the caliber that i seek to marry someday um you know that true gentlemen do exist and i've had conversations with single friends who are lamenting like well maybe they just aren't out there maybe they're just not for me like some people seem to find them and i will remind like no i there's no way that i'm going to wedding after wedding with these beautiful couples and that they don't like that it ends there like there have to be more you know um and the same goes for uh men who are seeking for a holy virtuous woman for a wife like the women are out there too so i think that's the first like most hopeful big thing that i just experiences that it's a constant reminder of no, what I'm searching for does exist and I don't need to give up on that. Um, and then secondly, it, it really has taught me that holy marriages are first and foremost rooted in the cross. And that means that they're hard, but they're really beautiful and they're beautiful because they're hard. And I really love that I get to know my couple's super well and I walk with them through whole, the whole wedding process and I have relationships relationships with them beyond their wedding day um, and I become much more of a friend than just a typical uh, a vendor or someone that you just hire um, and especially this past year my couples each one just faced so many challenges that tested them individually as well as a couple and it was so inspiring and just absolutely incredible to see them choosing each other and keeping their eyes fixed on the cross and really choosing like, no, like the sacrament is what's important. Um, and if, even if it, that meant sacrificing everything else that they had dreamt of for their wedding day, they for they just wanted to get married. They wanted to have the sacrament. Um, and I, I truly believe that we're going to see some of the strongest marriages come out of this, this season. Um, you know, some of my closest friends got married this year and just hearing like what they went through leading up to their wedding, just between, family disagreements and friends and just like the constant changing of everything. So the stress Mm -hmm. and chaos that that brought, um, I just think I'm like, wow, you really were put through the fire leading up to this and you could have easily given up or just been like, never mind, not now. And they didn't, they chose the hard path. And so I think that it's just really awesome to work with couples that desire holy marriages. Um, because I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm constantly in marriage preparation. <laughs> so it's just really great. <laughs> Do you have any stories from pandemic weddings that you've shot or that you've attended that really uh, stood out to you? Any big memories oh, gosh. from those? Um, there's quite a few. I think like, uh, well, one, I'll just say this one. 
So this couple was supposed to get married in April, um, April 18th, and they were getting married in, in Maryland, and I was about an hour and a half away from them. Um, okay. And they uh, were talking with their priests. So this would be back in March when all of the churches were start, starting to shut down. And the, yeah. like the day that they found out that the diocese of or the archdiocese of Baltimore was closing, and definitely they were in contact with their priest and they literally just asked, well, can you marry us tonight? Cause the churches were closing at like wow. seven or 8 PM that night. And this couple oh had been God. engaged for over a year. Um, they did not want to have to wait indefinitely to get married. And so with literally two hours notice, um, or maybe even less, the priest, uh, agreed and they drove up, didn't even get to go. I didn't have time to make down there. Um, so yeah, uh, they got married that fast. Like she didn't even have her dress. She just had a simple white lace dress. Um, and they then had a, a vow renewal and like the full wedding day in August. So I was there to photograph that in August, but just to hear their story and hear like the testament of that. And like their priests actually shared their story in their homily. Cause it was the same one that did the vow renewal. And just like talking about how like, he was kind of like, you guys are crazy. Like just wait it out. But their persistence and they're like, they knew that, the power and the grace of the sacrament. And they knew it's not something they wanted to wait any longer for. Um, and so in the blink of an eye, they gave up everything that they, you know, were dreaming of just so that they could Literally have that. Everything. So yeah. that's just like one story, but honestly, every couple had similar, maybe not quite as dramatic, but similar stories this year. That is incredible. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a better response, but like it is one of those like speechless moments and just the start of someone's family and the start of their legacy being founded on um, like a willingness to sacrifice everything mm -hmm. um, material or extra um, it's like well what's left when you strip all of that away to right. you and it Christ and that's amazing um, I love that this whole time that we've been talking you have talked so much about um wishing for your friends who are single to experience um, the joy and the consolation of seeing these holy couples that you serve in your business. And you also have talked a couple of times now about the friendship and the relationship that you develop with your clients along the course of their engagement and then even beyond the wedding day. And so just from that, part of generosity it seems so much like you really strive for relationship and just walking with your couples and um I can see it when I look at your weddings on social media and um on your blog like there is such like a beauty and like an unforced like an authenticity that's there so I love to see that um for anyone listening who currently is booking a wedding photographer or looking for one, um, what tips can you offer for someone looking for that kind of friendship and that kind of close relationship with a vendor that they know is, you know, in their corner and that can really support them and walk with them? Yeah, of course. Um, so first, I, I just want to preface this by um, explaining briefly. So there's two, there, there's basically two very broad ways of approaching wedding photography. And the first, which is like the older way, um, which was, was basically just like transactional. So the couple pays a photographer to shoot their wedding, the photographer delivers images, that's kind of it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's no relationship formed. And I know 
there are many photographers who still run their business this way today. Um, and then the second way has been a lot more recent, I'd say in the last maybe 10 to 15 years that it's been developing and that more, more photographers have been moving away from the transactional approach and instead are approaching it from a very personal um, way. And they really desire to create authentic relationships with their couples. They're really invested in spending a lot of time leading up to the wedding day and after the wedding day to truly know them. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with either type, but the reason I brought that up was just so if you are looking for someone who's their relationship oriented, um, like running their business that way, just it's good to know that there's both. So that's not how everyone is approaching it. Um, and so I'm going to give you a few tips to look for to find a photographer that is running it with a relationship in mind. Um, awesome. So first and foremost would be stalk them on social media and read through their whole website. Because if a photographer isn't sharing a lot of personal content on social media or on the website, that's very possibly a good indicator that they're going to be just more of the transactional type. doesn't necessarily mean so, but that's a, that's usually a pretty good indicator. Um, so like ask yourself when you're reading through their website and you're scrolling their social media, do you get to know them at all? Are you finding out any fun facts about them? Do you know anything that they like? Um, are you just simply seeing like what their experience with photography is and it's kind of more just like a, you know, portfolio and that's it. Um, so if you are seeking to connect with a photographer on a friendship level, you are going to want to have some things in common with them. And photographers who are desiring friends for clients are going to usually be sharing things that their ideal clients will connect with. So for instance, I mentioned that I love Chick-fil-A and I mentioned that on my homepage and my website. It's just, like a, it's just like literally in one sentence. And I can't tell you how many wedding inquiries mentioned a mutual love for Chick-fil-A and instantly we have something connecting us. We can laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> so just something simple like that. Um, nice. so look for that, find photographers who you really feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like we could hang out and talk in the same room. That's like a really good sign that you guys probably would be friends. So then right. the second tip would be don't skip out on your engagement session. Almost every photographer who is desiring to create authentic relationships is going to have an engagement session included in their package. And that's because they know it's truly the best way to get to know a couple um, after it's after the engagement session that I feel like I'm officially friends with my couples. We've laughed and we've talked and sometimes cried for like an hour and a half all while we've been adventuring somewhere and I'm capturing their love. And it's just a super fun and rewarding experience. And there's definitely a difference showing up on a wedding day with a couple I have never met before and a couple who I've done an engagement session with. Um, when I've done the engagement session, I show up on the wedding day and we're, we're already friends. I already know them. Their family usually already knows me because they saw the engagement photos. And they're like, oh my gosh, and like heard the stories. So it just, you start off the day on a totally different foot. Um, and I think that it's underestimated how vital that is for creating relationships. So don't skip on, on that is my second tip. And then the third thing I'm going to say is maybe a little controversial, but <laughs> um, I'm just going to say that I do not believe that setting up a phone call or a Skype session before you've booked with a photographer is a good way to get to know them. Um, and you'll usually like hear that recommended like, oh, you know, try and talk to them before to see what they're like. But I don't think that's going to give you an accurate representation of who they are and how they're going to interact with you because in all honesty, from the photographer's end, it's just basically an interview. And if you've done an interview, you know that that's not like your most authentic self. So, you know, you're mm -hmm. trying to set up, uh, put your 
best foot forward and answer questions and it can be a little stiff or awkward. So it's just not nearly as natural. Um, so honestly, I would say if you really love a photographer's work and you feel like you have gone to know them through their website or through social media or even just through your emails a little bit, I don't like, I think just go ahead and book them. Like there's really no need to talk to them beforehand is my opinion. Um, it's not, it's not wrong. I just don't, I, I haven't experienced it to be fruitful at all. Um, and then the final thing I'm going to say about that is this is actually, I'm just gonna say this to any photographers who might listen. If you really want to have authentic relationships with your clients, then the number one thing you should be doing is that you make sure that they can get to know you on your website and social media. So show up regularly on your story, post a picture of your face pretty regularly on your Instagram and also have your face on your homepage of your website. When they land on your website, they should be able to see who you are immediately. Um, and one last tip is when you're writing your bi bio for your website, include fun, random details. Like don't just list out like, Oh, this is why I like photography and how I got started. Like let them get to know you a little bit, write it as if you were introducing yourself to a friend. Um, and ask yourself like, what do you want your ideal clients to know about you? So for instance, I want my ideal clients to know that I'm Catholic and that I love adventuring and traveling. Um, and I love Chick-fil-A, like I said. And so those are things that I, I make pretty obvious and well-known all over my pages. So I promise if you do those things, you're going to find a huge difference in who is reaching out to you. That education is so great for both um, like a client and from a, a vendor perspective. So thank you you're for welcome. that value. Um, and then um, final questions. Um, well, first of all, do you have anything else that you want to share as far as um, your experience in the wedding industry, um, experiences with your ministry, uh, Arise Beloved or tips for couples during COVID wedding. Oh, just keep running to Jesus. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Don't underestimate the power of prayer ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, I spoke with someone um, earlier this week, and we were talking about how in this time where there's so much upheaval and so much craziness, like what is more enduring and more abiding than the church? Like there's not much, exactly. you know, and so always to have, um, you know, the holy church there as like such a rock and such an anchor for mm -hmm. us, for sure. Okay, last things. Um, I am curious to know your Chick-fil-A order <laughs> first and second, uh, what you would hope to be the patron saint of. Okay, day. so my Chick-fil-A order is always the chicken nuggets and waffle fries and three Chick-fil-A sauces because I'm kind of obsessed. <laughs> um, and then if it's like a special treat, I might get the lemonade. And if it's Christmas time, peppermint shake all the way. Would you say? You get the peach one. I do sometimes. Summer. I do like it, but I don't love it the, the, as much as I love the peppermint. That to me, I don't even know what's so good about it. But if you've never tried it, <laughs> you need to go try it next Christmas. All right, well, we'll here. <laughs> All right, Mary Kate Anthony, thank you so much for being here with me. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for spending this time with us. Mary-Kate, um, I love hearing your story of all that you have learned as a single woman in the wedding industry as you have served these couples who desire holy and, and beautiful marriages. Um, for any of our listeners who are seeking out a truly relational and 
person oriented experience in their wedding vendors. Um, thank you for your advice. Um, you can find Mary Kate's photography online at imarycatherine.com, her women's ministry and her podcast at arisebeloved.org and on social media at I'm Mary Catherine. And the last thing, if you are looking for wedding vendors like Mary Catherine who share your faith, I encourage you to visit our vendor guide on SpokenBride.com. And if this conversation today has been valuable to you, I encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and to be the first to know about all of our new content, our products, and our launches by following us at Spoken Bride. Mary Kate, God bless you. you. Thanks so much.